All right, it's time to start looking forward to the Alabama-Mississippi State game this Saturday and also talk about some other good news going on around the University of Alabama. Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good, good. Reach Tuscaloosa. God's country, as I call it. I'm the only one that calls it that, I'm sure. And uh, happy to be here. Feels like a win over Tennessee. Feels like homecoming week. That's what it is. That's good. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Sweat Block. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweat Block. Save 20% with promo code LOCKED ON at sweatblock.com. Also available at Amazon. You can go check it out. Sweat Block. It's pretty awesome. Hey, um, sounds like some people probably need that. I mean, if you, if you think, here's, here's my ad for Sweat Block. If you think you may need it, you do. Hey, based on Will Anderson's comments, maybe we needed it last week. We apparently had a lot of anxiety going into that game. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing he's mimicking what uh, Coach Saban said. And Coach Saban has some about this particular team and the makeup of it. Maybe it explains some of the issues at times. It's maybe a nervous bunch. But, hey, that was a – that was a crazy environment on Saturday. You know, I've now watched the uh, the rewatch. I've watched three full quarters. And when I rewatch, I mean, I, I watch every play like almost a couple times and, and the big plays three or four times. And, you know, the environment, the the, the noise, uh, how good Tennessee is, all those things combined for, heck, I'm nervous watching it. I can't imagine what it's like to be out there. Yeah, it's it's definitely tough. And I hope that, Look, Alabama's not going to recreate that environment this weekend. First of all, you're coming off a loss. Everybody's a little dejected. And it's Mississippi State who's unranked. It's not Tennessee. Uh, Alabama has owned them since Mike Leach has been there. I mean, they've owned them the whole series. But um, Alabama has won the two games that Mike Leach has coached by a combined score of 90 to 9. Um, <clears throat> so that's not exactly going to put the fear of God in any of the fans and therefore, uh, you know, have them at full throat this Saturday. But it is a night game. It's going to be uh, – should be crisp, should be a great football weather. And so I'm hoping that the fans really do show out because I I think this team could use a pick-me-up. Not all, forget the fact that it's going to be a huge recruiting weekend, which we'll talk about in podcasts to come. Um, we won't get to that today necessarily. But, uh, yeah, I think this team could use that kind of pick-me-up. And, uh, look, this Mississippi State squad, they don't run the ball very much. They just don't do it. They ran it like 10 times against Kentucky, something crazy stupid low. And they only passed for 203 yards against Kentucky, too, which is bizarre uh, because they are just known for uh, slinging it all over the field. I guess they were just a little bit off. Um, But this Mike Leach is what his record says he is. Uh, I've been saying that the whole time. I didn't think he'd be a great fit in this conference because I think there are too many athletes, and um, I think they can make up some ground. Um, I just don't see uh, his working out at Mississippi State long term unless they are satisfied with somewhere between seven and eight uh, wins per year, and that's both your floor and your ceiling. 
Well, I think Mississippi State's a better matchup for Alabama. We know this from the last two times they played. Uh, you've already referenced that, that Mississippi State has only scored nine points in two matchups against Alabama. Uh, even though I'll be the first to admit, again, after re-watching Tennessee so closely, I think Tennessee is a unique, tough matchup specifically for Alabama. We, we can cover that. Uh, but Mississippi State is not. Now, it just shows how unique Tennessee is because Mississippi State is similar to, Alabama, to, to, to Tennessee's offense. I mean, the Mississippi State offense and Tennessee offense, somewhat similar. The Mississippi State air raid, the Tennessee offense that I'd refer to as uh, not up-tempo, but uh, max-tempo. Uh, and, and this is why the Mississippi State offense, though, isn't quite the problem for Alabama that Tennessee was. Number one, the max tempo approach completely negated Alabama's advantage in substitution. Alabama has a tremendous advantage over virtually everyone we play because Alabama's substitution on defense allows Alabama, no matter the down and distance, to put 11 really talented players on the field. Uh, if you're going to throw it, we could be a nickel rabbit. We could be a dime rabbit. If you're going to run it, we could be with three, three defensive linemen maybe even four defensive linemen. Sometimes we're in regular, sometimes we're in nickel, sometimes we're in dime, depend on your formation. With the difference being, it's not that that's revolutionary, not at all. But Alabama, because of the talent, when Alabama's in their substitution packages, you got 11 good players on the field, no matter which, which substitution pattern you're in. But the substitution allows you to go small, to go fast, to go big, to go good against the run, to go good against the throw, to go good against five wides, to go good against two wides. Well, Tennessee's max tempo negates all that. You can't substitute at all, really. They dictate when you can substitute. They go, go, go. So forget substitution. Now a huge advantage Alabama has is out the window. And that in and of itself creates problems, but that's not, that's not why Tennessee creates the problems for Alabama, it's worse than that. And that's because they have a quarterback that gives Alabama issues for years. Uh, a Heisman level, which means a talented quarterback who's a dual threat. We could go back from Cam Newton and start naming them, who, Deshaun Watson, all of these, Tim Tebow, all of these dual threat quarterbacks, that the, the very athletic guys who are very good. It, I don't care if, I mean, sometimes Middle Tennessee is going to run an athletic kid out there. It doesn't matter. It's not about just being an athlete. It's about being athletic and really good. Why does that create a problem for Alabama? Well, first of all, it creates a problem for everyone. But I just said Alabama can't substitute against Tennessee. Now imagine, Luke, Alabama can't substitute and Hendon Hooker's the quarterback, so you have to keep a spy on him. Deontay Lawson was the spy. That's why Lawson played the whole game. Lawson was the spy on Hooker. That means Lawson's only job, Hendon Hooker. So really, now you're taking a defender out of the equation, really, and Tennessee is sort of manipulating him and doing what they want with him. Uh, when you combine the fact you can't substitute, you have to assign a linebacker to Hooker, and he doesn't cover him. So now you've taken a linebacker who you might be using in some sort of coverage responsibility, no, he's got to be on hook. Dictates you're in man coverage everywhere else. I mean, Lawson's in man coverage, right? He's got a man, Hooker, and that's a linebacker. So now you're playing more man coverage. There's one more advantage Tennessee has in that they have talented skill guys. The running back's a good player. We saw Hyatt. He's a good player. The tight end is a good player. 
they have more receivers than just Hyatt. So when you're in, when you got five guys covering their five guys, you got to win all five matchups or they can take advantage. It's hard to win all five matchups, particularly when they're very good at the chess game and getting the matchups they want. I said all that about Tennessee to make a point about Mississippi State. They don't play Tennessee's max tempo. It's air raid, but they don't play the max tempo. Secondly, Will Rogers is a really good player. He's not Hendon Hooker, and he's certainly not an athlete. You don't have to spy Will Rogers. Now we're freed up to play more defenses. Now we're freed up to substitute. Mississippi State doesn't have Tennessee skill guys. They don't have a Hyatt. They don't have a Smalls at running back. This is a much better matchup, and you're going to find, oh, that defense everyone bitched at last week for, for playing so poorly, watch them play really well Saturday, and everybody's going to go, what the heck? Dude, it's matchup. It's the matchup, and it's playing at home in a, in a friendlier place on top of it. So this defense that looked so bad last Saturday, I'm thinking they're going to look pretty good. I, I, I've got them holding Mississippi State to uh, – to, to around 17, which doesn't sound awesome, but based on how they played last week, yeah, it's pretty freaking good. Jimmy, let me tell everybody about Sweat Block. Look, like I said, hey, I know a lot of Alabama fans and Tennessee fans, for that matter, that needed Sweat Block this last weekend. That game was certainly sweat-inducing. Um, I want to read this single customer review. A uh, gentleman named Chris wrote into Sweat Block. He said, I suffered from excessive underarm sweat for 10 years. He was so worried about sweating through his dress shirts that he started tucking maxi pads in his shirt to soak up sweat. That's until he found Sweat Block. It changed the game for him, Sweat Block did. And I mean, look, it, it's just one of those things. Some people have more of an issue with it than others. And uh, Sweat Block was created by a doctor to help with his own excessive sweating. Um, it is doctor created and doctor recommended. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweat Block. Save 20% with promo code locked on at sweatblock.com, also available at Amazon. All right, Jimmy, a few other notes just around uh, Alabama because we have not discussed some of these, and I feel like we are locked on Bama. Every now and again, we got to throw some other things in there, even in the middle of football season, even in the middle of a time when uh, football season is is uh, going Racist. nuts. And uh, that's right. Um, okay, first of all, the women's soccer team is now number one in the country. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I am a soccer buff. You know, I, I pretty famously made fun of some Auburn fans for being such huge basketball fans last year. And um, that came back to bite me a little bit. But <laughs> I'm not going to say that, hey, you know, I, I know all about the women's soccer team now. But I am going to say just seeing them at number one warms the cockles of my heart. So I'm happy for them. Congratulations to the women's soccer Good for your cockles. <laughs> that should be the they should put that um, on a shirt out there at Alabama soccer. We're good for your cockles. <laughs> also, but, it should be noted that I was corrected by about 1,700 nerds about how it wasn't Luke Skywalker whose poop got tested for middle Claridians. It was Anakin Skywalker, and that is dead right. And I'm sorry I screwed that up. I'm not a Star Wars aficionado. I did see the first one in the theater 27 times pretty pretty famously, but The Phantom Menace is one of the worst. It, it is the worst effort in the Star Anakin Wars. Anakin Luke's dad? Yes. Okay. So he's so, Darth Vader. Anyway. So he's, um, Darth Vader. so he's Darth Vader. Yeah, that's right. 
please quit talking before I get more nerd mail. I mean, you've got to quit talking. You I never are, saw that. I, I didn't see You're it. worse than me. Stop talking right now. Um, I was spoiling the movie for myself. <laughs> uh, Alabama basketball had a secret scrimmage with TCU. Um, yeah. I, I've heard some bits and pieces, okay? I think all the scores people are out there hearing, like there were three separate scrimmages and TCU won all of them pretty handily. I think all that's correct. I, now, that's the bad news if you were worried about, you know, keeping score and whatever. These were secret scrimmages, so they weren't necessarily like actual games, but they were actual enough. And I think Alabama got a taste of humbleness, humble pie, and they needed it. Uh, we're a very young team. We're a very talented team. You know how high I am on Brandon Miller, Noah Clowney, all those dudes. But we probably needed to be um, to be whipped into shape a little bit. There, there's no doubt we needed some humbleness. And um, I think this may TCU may have served that. Now, people out there, and again, this is from somebody very close to the program. People out there are going to say, TCU, you can't beat TCU. Number one, TCU, if they're not a top 25 team, they should be. They could, and I mean this sincerely, win the Big 12. And um, they are a very older, grizzled, experienced, battle-tested team. And I think this was a perfect scrimmage for us. And I also think scrimmaging them was purposeful. It wasn't like we just decided, hey, let's scrimmage somebody as TCU. Oh, they're available. Okay. And then we're like, oh, my God, they're good. No, I think we knew they were good. I think we knew what they were. And I think we also knew, hey, if we scrimmage these dudes, maybe our dudes will get get a little kick in the rear end. And I think that happened. Um, Alabama got a commitment from Mohamed Diabute. I think I'm saying that right. And uh, top 100 players. I hear he goes by Mo. Okay, Mo Diabote, and uh, he's top 100 player in the country. Very good player, power forward. I watched his commitment. It was very cool. Um, again, Alabama c- recruiting, just doing really well. I know we're still out there looking uh, for some other guys. Caden Cooper is one of the ones that we may end up with. That was big news. Uh, the the tie just keeps doing really nice things. We've moved way up in the recruiting rankings when it comes to basketball. And R.J. Johnson from – the Huntsville area has been rated a three-star now, so that has also helped our rankings. Um, and finally, uh, well, not finally because i got two more things, but Alabama-Tennessee, highest-rated game of the year. Shouldn't be a shock whenever Alabama is, you know, in a game and they, there's a thought that they may lose, uh, people are going to tune in. At its peak, it had 17 million viewers. Those are monster numbers. Um, but this was the biggest game on CBS in three years since Alabama-LSU in 2019. And finally, Jimmy, I want to see if you can shed some light on this. There are heated rumors over the message boards that um, a senior linebacker went uh, and, and basically had a discussion with Pete Golding and maybe some other coaches about how we need some more bleepity bleeps on our team to, uh, to, to get, get things rolling. And he said, I am one of those bleepity bleeps. Now, do I think – that exactly happened? Probably not. Do I think some version of this story is probably correct? Yes. I wouldn't be shocked if some senior who has been through the grind, who has uh, seen some true bad MFers come to this university while he's been there, I bet you he decided to kick it up a notch and maybe he did have a conversation with some of the coaches. I can believe that. Tell me I'm wrong. 
No, no, I mean, I'm sure that happened. Now, you know, I've been traveling today. And uh, so I've been, uh, when I do that, you should text and drive. I don't. Uh, so I'm a little in the dark as to some of uh, the underworld happening today. I do know what you're talking about. I even believe I know the identity of this player. Uh, it's Jalen you know, Moody. Let's just say Jalen Moody's the real. I, 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 knew, I, knew, I knew it was Moody. Uh, and, and I do think there is, I think you put it really well. This is what little I know right now. But again, I haven't had time to unturn all the stones like, like I, I might do if I, if I get super interested in this. But um, I'll just say this. Uh, I know he's been hurt to an extent, but uh, sometimes I don't fully buy all the story from a player who's likely a little upset about his playing time. You know, uh, Lawson has played every snap. Yeah. In the last two games, Lawson's played every snap, every single snap. So he's probably not too thrilled, uh, particularly when he was recruited out of the portal uh, and 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 might be hearing in his ear, you know, I told you not to go back to Alabama. You weren't going to play. So, I I, I mean, I'm I'm just that's all speculating. So I'm just, you know, he, he might be upset with his own playing time. Now, does Alabama need to get tougher, meaner, more intense? Absolutely true. But I'm coming out of my rewatch with Tennessee convinced that what we saw last Saturday uh, was uh, the confluence of a bunch of things, including the things everyone's upset about. We're not very good. We don't play very hard. Yes, yes, yes. All somewhat true to partly true. But I really believe this was a unique unicorn type matchup that just checked every box for, boy, Alabama's going to struggle today with this crew. Uh, I think now that we're not playing a Tennessee, the defense, who, which is currently ranked 16th in the country, not 116th, it's the 16th best defense in the country, even after last week, I think it's going to hover around that area and end the year solidly in the top 10, probably in the top five. And, and, and I think if the defense finishes in the top five in total defense, I don't care what happened in Knoxville. It, you know, that, that's, that's, that's a really good defense. But it's, it's got to do that to get – but I, I think good defensive performances are coming up. It doesn't need to be overhauled. It doesn't need to be, hey, throw, throw out the babies and the bathwater. It just needs to be uh, Tennessee. <laughs> Let's, and, and if we run into them again, uh, we need a different plan. Jimmy, I need to tell everybody about LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Telling you, we use LinkedIn Jobs over here at Robinson Iron, and uh, they are great to deal with. Look, all you got to do is check out LinkedIn Jobs. It'll help you find the qualified candidates like I'm talking about, and it'll help you find them as quickly as you want to find them. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. It has simple tools like screening questions, and it makes it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills. That's linkedin.com slash college. linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Jimmy, um, I want to take a minute and just say how much I personally love Bryce Young. I'm I'm now 
in the camp of he's the best quarterback that's ever been at the University of Alabama. We've seen some highlights like his little uh, short pass to Cameron Latu for a touchdown, which was essentially a Magic Johnson pass. It was, it was a dish. It was, it was – and then he when he threw it, he was like Steph Curry. He knew it was a touchdown, so he turned around and started running, like with his hand in the air. And that's so wild because Latu had just dropped a pass right before that. But yeah. that's just – he just – he just gets it, dude. And we can talk about – look, I like Jalen Milrow. I do. And I think he can get better. I know he had his problems against him. He can get better. but And he's built like a, a Greek god. I know that. I like Ty Simpson. He's very cool. Love his high school tape. Um, I think, you know, what we've seen in some scrimmage and video practice, whatever, that's all good. Bryce is different. He's different from everybody. And, you know, you talk about some of the hits that he took against Tennessee – some legal, some illegal, some uncalled, most uncalled, all uncalled, I guess. Uncalled. Um, but regardless, uh, Tua would have been sawed in half. Uh, and, and again, I love Tua Tungvaluwa. Do not get, get get it twisted. But Tua doesn't take a hit the way Bryce does. He just doesn't. He's probably more accurate on his slants. There's no doubt. He he might he might have a better arm overall. He might. I'm not even, I'm not sure that he does. I don't I don't know that he does. In fact, I'm leaning now that I've talked about it, probably not. I bet he doesn't. But it's in the same area code. And Tua is a so lovable. You just want to put your arms around him and just say, oh, it's just, you're just so good. But Bryce is different, man. Bryce for his size, dude, he's he's like Ant-Man. I mean you you he's just so freaking tough. So I just we don't I, we don't need to get around here because I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. But I want people to understand we've got Bryce for we got five regular season games left, maybe the SEC title game, maybe two playoff games. Max, we got Bryce for eight more games, y'all. We need to appreciate this dude. He's different. I'm telling you, he's different. And we need to embrace him the way we've embraced nobody before because he's going to be, I think, a superstar at the next level. And I think he can be a super ambassador for Alabama. Now, having said that, one of our loyal listeners who does a great job sending us stuff all the time, Cameron Bishop, he sent a tweet to me from Mike Rodak and said, this is something y'all can discuss. After seven, and this is what Mike Rodak said, after seven games, only one Alabama receiver has 300 yards, and that's Ja'Cory Brooks with 302. After seven games in 2021, Alabama had two receivers over 400 yards and one over 500. After seven games in 2020, Alabama had three receivers over 500, and Devontae Smith had 903 yards all versus SEC teams. We have one dude over 300 yards, and it's barely over 300 yards at this point. And in 2020, against an all-SEC schedule, Devontae Smith had 903 yards. He had three times the amount of yards that Ja'Cory Brooks had at this same stage against a much harder schedule. That's unbelievable. Alabama's and, I awesome. that, and I say all that, and, I'll cut you, and then I'll let you talk. I say all that because Michael Casagrande had a tweet out today that was very interesting. It showed video of Tyler Harrell and Adam Anderson, and he said, hey, both these guys out there warming up, doing their thing at practice, looking good, and neither one of them's played this year, so you know maybe we see them this weekend. Could we see two new receivers this weekend? Uh, I think I think we're about ready for uh, the, the the debuts of Tyler Harrell and Aaron Anderson. Uh, I think that's inevitable, and I think it's coming.
but I think listeners to the show, if you've heard what I've said and read between the lines of what I've said, uh, I'm not trying to diss the kid in any way. I'm just saying I'm not personally excited about seeing Tyler Errol. Uh, I, now, if he goes out there and proves me wrong and I'm wrong for the millionth time, uh, then trust me, I'll, I'll go freaking buy a Tyler Harrell NIL jersey. I'll be such a fan. Uh, but I'm just saying, based on buzz since he arrived this summer and then the injuries, uh, I've been adamant about saying this every time Tyler Harrell's name come up comes up on the Bama Insider message board. I have this automatic post now where I just post uh, Isaiah Bond better than Tyler Harrell because I think Bond is the same, brings the same thing to the table that Harrell does, but he's a better player, uh, even though he's the true freshman. Uh, so I, I, I'm not as excited about that. I do think that some of those stats, it's a little apples to oranges to me, Luke, just simply because we've only played seven games. And I know that the comparison that Rodak was making was after seven games, but Bryce is only quarterback five of them. I mean, those aren't Bryce's numbers. I wonder what the numbers at wide receiver might look like uh, if Bryce had played the two games, because it was really two full games that Milrow played. Technically, it was six and a half quarters, uh, yeah. but, but you know, it, it, it's, it's two full games that Milrow played. Uh, and when Milrow plays, we run the ball. I mean, that's understandable. Milrow plays, we run the ball. Bryce plays, we throw the ball. And it's not, you know, rocket science figuring out why. Uh, also this, we don't have a Devontae. We don't have a Judy. We don't have a Ruggs. We don't have a Julio. We don't have a Calvin Ridley. What we have collection of guys, and the numbers are very spread out. No one has stepped up. So Bryce throws a couple here and a couple there and a couple there, and, and, and Brooks has some, and Burton has some, and now Bond and Prentice have some. Latu has a bunch. Latu caught a lot of balls last week. And we throw it to Gibbs. We throw it to Gibbs. We even throw it to McClellan you know, at running back. So uh, Bryce is really having to spread it out because we don't have the go-to badass wide receiver that we've had uh, most of the last five or six years. Yeah, that, that was where I was going to say. We don't have a Devontae Smith, there's no doubt, or or any of those other guys you mentioned. Ironically, we do have a Devontae Smith. We do. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we literally do. We literally but he's, do. he's a defensive back. Um, yeah, he plays on the other side of the ball, and he's uh, on the bench right now, but he'll probably be a starter next year. The other thing I said on the Montgomery radio station I go on every Wednesday, um, I said, I, at this point, again, I'm like you. I'm not trying to diss Tyler Harrell at all. Not at all. But I had, until I saw the video from Michael Casagrande, I had no evidence he existed. It was like Deron Carter or James Bunn. If anybody follows any of the old recruiting uh, storylines and jokes from uh, the previous years, they know what I'm talking about. James Bunn was a completely made-up fictional character that everybody was talking about as a big Alabama uh, recruit back in the early 2000s or something. But um, anyway, you know, I, I'll say this too, in, in not defense, but just sort of as a theory. If you show me um, Hunter Renfro and you show me – God, give me a – middling uh, NFL receiver. Uh, there is one. <laughs> uh, uh, anyone that plays for the Atlanta Falcons at wide receiver. Okay, let's go. Uh, an, a Falcons wide receiver. Pluck. And if you just looked at him. Oh, other than the – other than the – they do have a – what's yeah. his name? Uh, uh, London. Drake London. Yeah, Drake London. He, okay. He's good. Not him. He's good. Anybody but Drake London. But <laughs> if you showed me those two guys and you said, okay, you know, 40 times and – 
and shuttle drill and and hands in a and just slinging it around, you know, not in game time, whatever. You'd probably say, okay, Hunter Renfro's not as good as this other guy. But in the game, Hunter Renfro's usually about as dependable and good as any receiver on the field. He's not top ten in the NFL, but he's he's top twenty five probably, and that's saying a lot. Now, what I'm saying is, maybe maybe when Tyler Harrell gets out there or Adam Anderson gets out there, they develop that immediate chemistry we've been dying to see Bryce have with anybody. Now, I don't think the chemistry is ever Bryce's fault. He put a ball in Jermaine Burton's breadbasket. Now, Burton caught it this past weekend. He did the same thing with Bond. I mean, just beautiful right over the shoulder. But you can tell the chemistry's not there with any of these guys just yet. We're all waiting for it to develop. Maybe it's going to be one of these two cats. Let me give you a good Alabama example of the point you made with Hunter Renfro, which was outstanding. I'm going to talk about separation, okay, uh, in terms of, you know, we, we hear that all the time. Alabama's wide receivers don't separate. What does that mean? Uh, I'll ask you, Luke, uh, because, I mean, I think it makes the point. Uh, if, you, if there was a race between – I'm just going to pick out one of our supposedly fast receivers, and they are fast. Uh, if there was a race between uh, Treshawn Holden – and Cam Latu, uh, who wins? 40-yard dash, 30-yard dash, a race. Hold Latu, who wins? I mean, Treshawn Holden, yeah. Holden, okay. When they run routes in games and you watch Holden play and you watch Latu play, who's open most? Who's open? Is Latu open more or is Holden open more? Latu. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a good point. But he's way slower. So how is that? Latu knows how to gain separation. He knows how to find open area. He knows how to lose or shake a receiver. Or, I mean, uh, lose or shake a, a defensive back or a linebacker, whoever's covering him. And I know some of it's because Latu's often covered by a linebacker because he plays tight end and not wide receiver, but he's not always. Sometimes Latu's covered by safeties, still gets open. There is an art to separation. I think too many fans want to just see it that, that number next to a guy's name in terms of their 40 time. Well, how fast is he? Boy, he must separate well. Not true. Not true at all. I would say the wide receiver on the team we have right now that separates better than any other right now is probably Ja'Cory Brooks. And if all of our receivers raced, I don't know where he finishes, fifth, sixth. You know, he's not a fast receiver. But he seems to do the best job of creating space for himself. Uh, it's an art and, and our entire unit needs to get better at it. Uh, Devontae Smith is the best I've ever seen. Uh, Devontae achieves separation easier than any receiver I've ever seen in my whole life. And uh, I don't know. I'll say it again. I've said it a million times. I'll say it again. I don't know where Devontae is right now. I just know that he's open. That's going to do it for today's podcast, everybody. When we come back tomorrow, we'll get into Mississippi State a little bit more, maybe talk about the history of this rivalry some, which is uh, – Again, geographically, the SEC's closest rivalry. So uh, we'll talk about all that and more on Locked on Bama. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We appreciate you a ton. Please hit that subscribe button. And until tomorrow, roll tide, everybody. Roll tide.